0: Nobody else had somebody outside of the farm who was going to come looking for them. But what I say to that is, Edgar, you have (laughs) sorely (laughs) misjudged sweet pea. (laughs) Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding antiheroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. Um, my challenge would be... Like, if if the gargoyle king-queen put you in a gauntlet sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. Does the challenge have to, like, take a small amount of time like theirs does? Because mine takes a while. No, you you can you get to decide the time. Okay, my challenge would be not washing my hair for like a week. Okay, okay. I would I would rather die. All right, I would enough. shave my head at that point. Oh wow, yeah, that's uh drastic. Yeah, considering your hair would like start. I mean, dry shampoo exists. I know, but it still makes me feel gross. Okay, anyway. The person who is doubting you, I have opinions. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 29-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And my gauntlet challenge would be to stay awake for mm, 10 consecutive hours. (sighs) I am like, I swear if I went to a sleep doctor, they would be like, you're narcoleptic. Because uh, I fall asleep like that. Cannot relate. Just call me Jinx Monsoon. Less than two minutes, Brittany. Good for me. Today we have more to say about episode three twenty two of Riverdale: Survive the Night, which was a nineteen ninety three TV movie. But I have a feeling that's not what this is about at all. And it was just called Survive the Night because Penelope that was said the it challenge. A yeah, mm. but yeah, she was like, "Hey, you should try and do this, mm-hmm. but please fail." Yeah, yeah. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Robin. Tutor boot. Toot. I definitely would like to toot this episode. I loved it. It was like a really, really great finale. I personally think it was Riverdale's best finale so far. So would you actually give it a shoot? What's the... Did I give Midnight Club a shoot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a shoot. I, while I was doing my notes today, I did find some- Things you did Issues like. that, um, I did not see the first time I watched it, but based on the first time I watched it, um, my enjoyment of it, I would, I, I will shoot it. Okay. shoot Fair it. Fair enough. Great. All right. Well, here it is. I mean, here it is. Yeah. The, finale. the finale. We did it. On. We survived. <laughs> we got through this season we surf- and we did- were rewarded. Would you say that we survived the night? <sighs> well, uh, we had a good podcast, but yeah. I'm going to go now. Anyway. Okay. So, for this episode, we decided to go chronologically, but I didn't want to do a really detailed sum- summary on the entire episode in one, so I've split it into quarters. Okay, sweet. So. That I mean, be- you'll see. If it doesn't make sense now, it'll make sense. It'll, ne- it'll never make sense. So. All right, yeah. Here we go. After escaping from the farm, Tony runs to Thistle House, where Penelope proceeds to immediately drug her so she falls asleep. Not before giving Penelope all the information she wants, though- Jughead and FP discuss how Ethel is a crazy person because Jason cannot be alive. It doesn't matter that his grave was empty. My man's is dead. (laughs) Edgar is getting ready to perform that lobotomy I mentioned because I'm a genius, but he gets interrupted by Evelyn saying that Penelope is there. She wants to buy all the organs the farm has been harvesting for some reason. Neat. Jughead goes to the Maple Club and asks around about Kurtz and learns that Jason had been there, which doesn't make sense with his fantasy. (laughs) Alice asks Edgar where Betty is, and Evelyn says that she ran away with Tony, but who cares because she was never a believer anyway. Looks like Alice doesn't accept that. Hmm. Veronica and Hermione now own all of Hiram's investments, including the El Royale, which she gifts to Archie. The Core Four all receive envelopes telling them to come to dinner in fancy outfits. Betty wakes up at Thornhill and just has to walk downstairs. Turns out that Penelope is the brains behind the Gargoyle King and Chick is the Jason beneath the mask and we are geniuses. Jughead also figured it out, but we did first, so. So we did it. We did. We did. We We survived the season. No, I mean, we called it. We, we did it. Yeah, yeah, how does that right. how does that taste? You know what it tastes like? Victory! <laughs> Vindication! Vindication! So, I'm so proud of us. Between me? between the two of us, we figured out most of this season. And thank you so much to everybody who, like, wrote in to us as well, because a lot of you guys, like, also figured, like, helped us figure it out, so that was really great. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, actually, between the two of us means between us and all of our listeners, because Mm -hmm. they give us ideas, and then they get stuck in my head, and I think they're my ideas, but Mm. they're not. Yeah, but it's just fun, because I don't think last season we really called much of anything. Like, it was until, like, the very last second, and then we were like, oh, it's Hal, you know? I think... And I mean, I don't mean this, I don't mean this to sound like shade because I think we all know by now we have three seasons worth this podcast. We love this show. Once we turned our brains off and started wildly theorizing based on nothing, that's when we started nailing it. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, it's less based on the logic of the show and more based on what would be the most dramatically shocking? What would, what would a soap opera do? Yeah. It's like, once we started thinking like that, easy to figure out, Mm -hmm. you know? So my first note is Tony's poor feats. She ran so far. Yeah, with no shoes. Poor girl. Ouchie, ouchie. I'm really proud of um Cheryl just once again for being such a hero. Thank yeah. you. Um Penelope is there because she's collecting her mail from Thistle House. Cool. Just get okay. Your mail sent somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, probably to the Maple Club. Yeah. Yeah. She drugged Polly with the same stuff in season one. Ew. Penelope, have you heard of hobbies hmm. that don't involve drugging people? Hmm. Or murdering people. I, a lot of this episode is just going to be like, here is what happened and how do we feel about it? And then at the very end is when it's going to be like, okay, what's happening next? You know what I mean? Yeah, well that and like, how did we sort of figure stuff out? And yeah. Do we like how any of this like wound up shaking out? Yeah, yeah. We still don't know why it was a matchbook or why it was in his throat. Baby teeth. I feel like just because Penelope was feeling vindictive. But Penelope's not the one who killed him. Kurtz was. But she had him killed. I guess that's true. Yeah. Mm. She, was yeah just, but- she was like, she literally was like to Jughead and FP, she was like, catch me. Here's literal proof. Catch right. me. And they were like, huh? Yeah. Uh, my next note is, I'm a lobotomy genius. Yes, you are. Because uh, last episode, I literally wrote down the words lobotomy. I was like, it's going to be a lobotomy because they keep talking about her brain. And guess what? it was i love that for you i love that for me too um oh my next note is something that i noticed why does evelyn call edgar dad even when they're alone ew uh evelyn's daddy king confirmed literally it's just her and him and then betty who's passed out and she still is like dad everyone ew. knows by now um, Ew. What's... Ew. okay Ew, I'm upset. I'm really upset right now. Was Chick being Jason at the farm? Doesn't seem like the farm is related. No, I think it was just like some other redheaded. Yeah, it had to be somebody else. Yeah. Because they weren't using Jason's body for that. No. Right? No, 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 no. I doubt it. Like, was that a recent development that he was dug up? Ew, actually, you know what? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's been rotten there a while. It was very- that was very much, like, a psycho moment, you know, with the turnaround of the wheelchair and the rotting corpse and stuff. Like, that was very psycho. Okay. So I like- I like little homages to, like, horror movies, because this show does them really well. Uh, ew, he- he might have been there a while. Ew. Kurtz only works with Penelope. I guess. Apparently, at the Maple Club. I guess. Ew. Ew. Um, Wasn't he a literal teenager? I think we actually theorized that Kurtz was over 18. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, how does this lady, name who had a name, but I don't remember it, cool. not know that Jason is dead? Like, is she new? She might be. I guess. Alice being an informant is so obvious now, of course. Like, not necessarily obvious, like, earlier in the season, but, like, obvious now, right? She's like, where's Betty Edgar? And then he walks away and she's like, and then her, you know, face changes and you're like, oh, you know? I do think this was a failure of the show, though. Mm. I think that we should have been given this revelation in the middle of the season. Yeah. Because so many people turned on Alice, including, like, I didn't turn on Alice, but I had my serious doubts about the show. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, Mm -hmm. this is so out of character for this character that it has to be this one thing. But then they wouldn't give us any clues at all. Right. Like, they needed to leave some kind of breadcrumb because otherwise it just felt so dumb. Yeah. So I like that like in the end we finally got to see it, but I was like, they should have done this in the midseason. And then the tension of seeing her constantly in danger would have been great. Right. Hermione and Veronica now co-own the Speakeasy and Pops because she's a teen and can't own things. Like Hiram owning all of that stuff, is that them being like, you should have known because Teenagers because she do can't that. own things? I hope so, because otherwise I'm like, uh, hello. Now that Hermione is arrested, is it just Veronica's now? I think so. Okay. So Veronica finally owns her own stuff. If I were Ronnie, I would be like, okay, it's time to get emancipated. Yeah, just like Cheryl did. Yeah. Did Hiram still own his stuff when he was in prison in season one? It seems like he did. Yeah, he did. That was a huge plot line in season one was like everyone signing over stuff to Hiram. So maybe Hermione does still co-own it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. So, yeah. All of this would be nice if Hermione hadn't fully killed Linetta. Yeah. I can look past her setting up killing Hiram because Mm -hmm. she talked about how she was in an abusive relationship and everything and all of the garbage she's put her through this whole time but we can't forget the fact that she's like a literal murderer like literally killing Minetta that one time and they literally gave us that for like one episode and then she was like back to normal nice nice Hermione which made no sense so it's like if this had been like a nice moment between Veronica and Hermione I'd be so happy if that episode hadn't happened Because now Hermione is consistently just always tinged with evil. I- that was the thing that we talked about at the beginning of the season was that we were really grateful that they were finally exploring that Hermione and Hiram were in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And then they proceeded to not really do that. Yeah. And then they sent Hermione down a road that was- felt really ham-fisted. It felt like they like shoved it in at the last minute because they didn't know how to fill time Mm -hmm. in the middle of the season. And- I think Hermione's character was a major disservice this season. Yeah. She just, Marisol did the best with what she was given. Mm -hmm. And that's great. She's a great actress, great person. I'm sure that the writers, you know, it must be really hard to like juggle such a huge cast, but Mm. they should have, they really should have explored that abusive relationship better. Why is Mary nosy and weird? Because she's a mom. No, I know. But like, I love that they were like, well, we need to get the audience to be back on team Varchie really quickly. Let me make Mary weird about it. <laughs> let's let's give the fangirling to Mary. And I was like, okay. Like, last episode, it was normal. Like, she was like, hey, are you guys, like, what's going on Like, here? such a good mom moment. But then it's like, for this one, she, like, fully was, it was, like, a complete, like, subject change. Like, she, he was like, oh, well, she gifted me the thing. And she's like, very, very cool and nice. Anyway, I'm still curious about it. And she, like, like, twirls her hair, too. I'm like, what, the, what it must be another one of those things where it was meant for Fred it and was. that was gonna be a more serious conversation yes. between Fred and Archie. So like I think they just made like fun mom acting choices yeah, instead. Yeah. But yeah. Um Archie's envelope says Archibald could have been a hint because only no, Penelope what? calls him. Exactly! Um but Betty's doesn't say Elizabeth. But Penny sorry, there's another character in there's a character in Lost whose name is Penny, whose name is Penelope, and The she goes by Penny. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes in my notes I write Penny. Uh, I shouldn't do that. That's really cute though. But Penelope calls her Elizabeth. Like she doesn't like her letter doesn't say Elizabeth, but Penelope calls her Elizabeth. Interesting. Weird. Yeah. But and it has a wax seal on it that is uh, the gar- It's the the K rune. Well, now we understand how the Gargoyle King could afford. To have all of these, like, right. curated, personalized, like, merchandise. Yeah. He, like, obvi- Penelope was like, Ugh, if we're gonna do this serial killer thing, we're gonna do it in style. But it's weird because, like, I thought she didn't have any money. She clearly does. She has a brothel. Oh, yeah, she made it with her brothel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, They're staying at the hunting lodge on the grounds of Thornhill. Why you move to Thistle House if you have a lodge on, thorn- on the grounds of Thornhill? You know, what a great question that, um we will never get the answer to. Great. So Penelope says that when Betty's like, hi, how did I get here? She says, yeah, I bought you. So organs in bulk is just Betty. You're like, oh, okay, I get it now. That's like such a big insult. (laughs) 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 I bought you for your organs. (laughs) No, but like if someone, it like seems like a It's an insult that Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine would use against Wunsch. Madeline (gasps) Wunsch. That's right. He would say like, yeah, it's just, all you are is organs in bulk. That is literally what he would say. Yeah. Oh my God. But then it's weird because the locker is empty. Like when when Cheryl goes to like show Kevin and Fangs, the locker is empty. So it's like, I thought that Penelope bought all of those as well. In which case... No, it was Edgar clearing out. They were already gone. Okay. Okay. Cool. Then that is not a plot to it. Or, like, that is not a plot hole that I thought it was. No. Um, Agatha Woodhouse. Are any of the other nuns alive? Probably not. I don't think so, but that was shocking. Woodhouse killed all the nuns. Wouldn't Betty have noticed if it was everyone but Woodhouse? Hey, don't ask questions that require logical answers. At Dr. Curdle Jr.? This What's is good, my man. Okay, well, he was clearly in on it too. No, don't say that about my man. Mm, That's my friend. I said it and I meant it. No, you did not. I did. Brittany. I didn't mean it. Sorry. Are you serious? You don't actually think that Dr. Curdle No, Jr. I'm, I'm just doing it to make you angry. Okay, thank you because he's a good man. He just likes dead people. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good man. He just likes dead people. Yeah, he's so helpful. And he also will uh, accept bribes from teenagers when they want to look at the dead people. Yeah. Um, They are the sons and daughters of the original Midnight Club. So, frick Josie. Yeah. uh, You know that she's, like, off yonder. So, she's like, yeah, we just couldn't get Josie here. But... And also, like, I mean, Cheryl. But Penelope's not gonna do anything with Cheryl, so... No, but that's interesting, is that she chose not to do anything with Cheryl. And she chose not to actually injure Cheryl's girlfriend. Right. Like, it shows that Hermione... Or Hermione. uh, Penelope might have, like, a line that she won't cross. Yeah. Which is... Kind of surprising. Yeah, like, Cheryl showed up at her house last season covered in pig's blood, and Penelope was like, maybe she's just I'm afraid Still not of gonna Cheryl. hurt you. Yeah, she might be afraid of Cheryl because, like, at the beginning of season two. I would be afraid of Cheryl. Yeah. Is Jughead quoting Sherlock ridiculous? of course, but I was living because I love that Sherlock quote. And Cole did such a good job with delivery. He just Mm -hmm. said it like deadpan, and I was like, all right, my man. He pulled it off. He did. I really loved it. It, like, I was laughing, but I was like, you know what? Good job, Cole. Mm -hmm. I like that they have Betty put it together before Jughead says it because she's also supposed to be a good detective, and, like, Jughead is, like, literally laying it right out, but the fact that That it wasn't like Jughead being like, it was chick. And Betty being like, oh, chick. Like, Betty said it first. Yeah. So you know that she also put it together by herself. I think overall, you know? Bughead this season were really great. I thought so too. I really love... I think they found a really good group with their relationship where it's sort of like a little bit of their relationship, but mostly them solving crimes together. Yeah. And even solving crimes separately. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like, we've said before the problem with Varchi is that their stories revolve around each other and the great thing about Bughead is it's like if they are together it's okay because they both have completely separate stories that are both also interesting Mm -hmm. you know and I do think they could have used a little bit more relationship moments with them to be Mm. honest like I feel like you lose touch a little bit with their romance because it's so plot heavy with them yeah um whereas it's just the extreme polar opposite with Mm Varchi. like they need to find a balance there I think yeah chick chick high five (laughs) We did it. We freaking did it. So when did you... When do you think you first started thinking, oh, it's Chick? That's a great question. I feel like I would have to go back in our podcasts to really look. Okay. But I feel like I remember the moment during when we were recording the Mm mid-season when you said, what if it's Charles? And I think that was probably the first spark where I was like, you know who we thought was Charles? Chick. Chick. Could be Chick. I think the part in which I was like, I know for a fact it's chick, was, like, two episodes ago when the when the tattoo guy said that he had blonde hair, blue eyes, and was weirdly magnetic. Yeah. And I was like, it's chick. Like, that's when I, like, knew it. And what a perfect description of chick. Yeah. Weirdly magnetic. Yeah. Because you can't look away. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, also Penelope and Hal. Penelope says that the reason why she needs, like, revenge of over the Midnight Club is that like she told them all about like how the sisters like messed her up and like sold her as a child bride and stuff and she said that the Midnight Club did nothing but make fun of her. That didn't happen. uh, When? They actually all formed um, a supportive friendship based off of divulging those secrets so. She also says that none of them reached out when Jason died but it's like because you weren't friends anymore and you were a jerk. And also, half of them were under investigation for Jason's death. Yeah. So So awkward. I think this was one of the ways that they were going to shoehorn Penelope in. So they had to give her a motive. And I'm like, she had 500 other motives. Yeah. Up to and including that she was sold Mm -hmm. as a bride. Yeah. That was all the motive she needed. The motive that she needed was she needed a motive to take it out on the core four, though. And so she's like, I know, I will- steal their children. I- Man, do you remember that moment where, where the, the Midnight Club all went back to the school, and Penelope had that moment where she was like, Cheryl, do you know where the Keller boy is? Now I'm sad because that was such a good moment. Yep. But I know, but it wasn't her who orchestrated that, right? Like Because that was Moose's dad, but how did he get the outfit? Like <gasps> How did he get the outfit? Tallboy had the outfit, Uh, Major Mason had the outfit, and then also Chick had the outfit. Are these separate outfits or are these all the same outfit? Because if they're all the same outfit, that means Hiram is in cahoots with Penelope, which we knew because of the end of last season. Hiram could be in cahoots with Penelope. Yes, but I still- that still doesn't answer the thing about Marcus Mason, how he got the- I think I'm gonna call that a plot hole. Okay. Um, which happens. Yeah. Especially with this show where they're like, ah, how can we lead people away from our end game? We will throw random things and it's like, ooh, you threw too many things. Yeah. <laughs> How did Hal brainwash Chick? I don't think Chick needed much work. Yeah. Hal was like, hey, do you want to apprentice to a serial killer? And Chick was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, true. Chick was already, like, pretty messed up. I yeah. guess it's like he brainwashed him so much, like, to the extent that, like, when Hal was arrested, Chick wasn't like, cool, I'm free. He was like, I need somebody else. Yeah. And went to Penelope, you know? It's like- He needs a master, If he was being, If he was being forced into this, then he would be like- dope, I'm out of here, you know? But yeah. but it, it's clear that he wasn't, because he literally was like, Penelope, how do I help, you know? Like, yeah. like they it was an actual bond that they formed, which is weird. I think he he wanted someone, I mean, it was clear from, like, who he was, like, even in terms of, like, sexual dynamics, that he was looking for someone to serve, mm. um, and also someone to manipulate, and so, like, I think putting the control in someone else's hands and being their henchman was something that he was into. So- That means that Jason, or Chick, has also been at the the Maple Club. Probably. But not working with Penelope. No. Because everyone's like, that's your son, right? (laughs) Like, hey, ew. No. Um No. but I love that he's not speaking. I love that he's not yep. speaking. Because, like, I thought he was going to go the whole episode not speaking because Jason's not supposed to speak, right? Yeah. So I thought that he was just not going to talk. And then later he does. But I noticed that he doesn't speak while he's with Penelope. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. Like Because he's pretending to, to be, be Jason. Jason. Yeah, it works. So my question is, like, did Jason... Was Jason ever somebody who spoke a lot? Like, we've heard, like, like he's texted Polly and, like, you know, he was on the football team and he, he was in the the book, like, from the beginning of season one, the, um, the scorebook, the, I don't remember what they called it, but. Yeah, I don't remember. Or whatever. But I just wonder if Jason was ever, like, a outspoken person. Like, did Jason ever really speak much around anybody? He probably had two different personalities, one around his mother and then one around everyone else. Right. Because I remember, like, Trev Brown told, like, Betty or something that, like, Jason did this and Jason did that or whatever. So at school he was probably somebody else, but. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Penelope specifically said, like, chick, when you're pretending to be Jason, Jason doesn't talk. Yeah. She's, she's very much one of those children should be seen and not heard moms. Yeah. So that's not much of a stretch. Right. Um, also, oh, my next note was Penelope's really out here calling him Jason. Yeah. It bold. Like, it wasn't just like, he, see, he's pretending to be Jason because. She has convinced herself that's Jason. Because of the thing. And they're like, chick, what the heck? And he, she's like, his name is Jason. Yeah. Which is another weird reason that she was like given Dagwood and she was like, is Jason Jr.? It's like you, if you already have a Jason. How many do you need? If you already have a Jason, why do you need a Jason Jr.? She's just collecting all of them. Gotta catch them all. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. The thing that they say is that it was Penelope to Chick to Ben to Dilton to Ethel and then to everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. But Chick hadn't come across Penelope yet when he had talked to Ben? No, but he probably got back in touch with Ben. Probably like- Okay. He could have like just texted Ben and been like, yo. Because they were supposed to have the same job, but then- chick was supposed to be dead so they can't have had the same job still oh and chick was supposed to be dead so how could he have texted ben without ben blowing up the fact that chick was alive right crime they feel the same way they do definitely gonna call this yet another plot hole because that timeline doesn't work at all we're Ben. <sighs> wait are that- Ben and chick gay for each other or what yeah i think so um because ben was like with ethel for a real quick sec i don't care there's so much crime in the world and in Riverdale, Chick had been at the sisters. Yes, yes. So it could be that wait, Charles had been at the sisters. Not Chick. Not Chick. Lot. Yeah, I can't. I can't answer this. Yeah. Um, that's all I had for the first uh, quarter. Hey, Brittany, have you heard of something called Sweet RiverCon? I sure have. Tell me more. It is a con happening from November... 8th to 10th. Thank you so much. And it is hosted by Unity Events Canada, and it's a Riverdale con, guys. Here in Vancouver. Yeah, and it's awesome. Would you like to tell me some of the guests, Robin? Wow. Okay. So we have Camila Mendez, who plays Veronica. We have uh, Amick who plays Alice. We have Skeet Ulrich, who plays FP Jones. We have Madeline Petch, who plays Cheryl. We have Vanessa Morgan who plays Tony, and we have Bernadette Beck who plays Peaches. Nice. And I think that there should be some more people who are being, um, who will be added, who will be announced. But um, obviously, this is the end of the season. So if you want to stay up to date on that, make sure you follow Unity Events Canada on Twitter, Unity Events CA. Or you can follow us on Twitter at The Aficionados and we'll be always retweeting those. Yeah, because do you want to know something interesting? Mm -hmm. We are the moderators of that convention. No way. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about Riverdale with the cast of Riverdale with you guys there and it's going to be really fun. That does sound very fun. Penelope says that they all have to do one more G&G game and there's no way they'll be able to survive the night. Cheryl tries to get Kevin and Fangs to team up with her, but it didn't work for Betty, so it doesn't work for Cheryl. All of the evidence she wanted to show was gone. Cheryl discovers Jason's dead body at the farm. We still don't really know why this happened. <laughs> In their first test, the Red Paladin has to fight another giant dude, he's, and he somehow wins. I don't Listen, really know how. that's just how it be sometimes. Alice is still worried about Betty and asks Edgar about it, but he gets interrupted again by Cheryl screaming about her brother. Anyway, ascension time. The second test- the enchantress must play spin the bottle with her closest ally, but one of the cups is poison, so it's also like Russian roulette. Betty volunteers, and when they get to the last cup, Veronica drinks instead of Betty, but it turns out they were all poison anyway. Veronica Lodge is a very good person. Mm-hmm. Who will stand for life. Mm. I mean, I know, like, I'm an almost 30-year-old lady using the word stan unironically, but I really mean it about this one specific teenager. Remember when we thought Veronica was evil, like, two episodes ago? We were like, uh, Veronica's evil because she's wearing a white shirt. (laughs) Okay, but to be fair, Veronica's characterization this season has been so jumbled that they could have sold us anything and would have been like, well, that explains a lot. It's true. But turns out she was just being weird. So if they don't do these challenges, gargoyle snipers will kill them. Cool. Great. Once again, the words social experimenter used... (laughs) In front of Cole Sprouse. Right in front of Cole Sprouse salad. Well, the first time- Well, the first time in season one, he's the one who said it, which was crazy. Do you want to explain really quickly for people who don't know what you're talking about? Sure. So- uh, if you were back on Tumblr in the olden times, at some point we had Cole Sprouse on Tumblr with us and it was like proven to actually be him it was really really exciting and people would ask him questions and he would answer them and it was so cool because it was Cole Sprouse and all of us loved him on The Sweet Life and it was very exciting to have him and then at some point after like some amount of time he deactivated his Tumblr and then went on Twitter to tell us that it w- we were all in a social experiment <laughs> he used the word social experiment and it was like a meme for like years literal years yeah um, the day that it happened I remember tumblr blowing up yeah so it was that long ago basically he was like haha these nerds yeah want to ask me questions or something I don't know but like he, he was like in school for philosophy or something I don't remember what he was in school for but he was like this is a social experiment um thank you so much for participating and stuff like that and everyone was like cool. We, um, trusted you. Yeah, I think it was, like, it was very Jughead, I'm weird, I'm a weirdo. Yeah. He was, like, I'm really edgy, and I'm gonna show about the power of celebrity and all this stuff, and I was, like, really? Because in reality, all you did was manipulate your fans. Yeah. Ooh. So it wasn't great. But um, he was much younger then, and, like, that's the yeah. worst thing Coles Rose has ever done, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, and now his tweets are, like, really funny. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever, like, no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, water under the bridge at this point, but, um, I actually was, on my time hop this morning and I retweeted one of Cole's tweets from last year Mm -hmm. and he was looking at old like issues of like tiger beat and stuff and, and seeing like himself on the cover and there was one where he it was like the magazine and it was like Cole says I hate wet sloppy kisses and and his comment was like yeah, and I was also wearing a plaid conductor's hat. So why are you trusting my opinion? The <laughs> fact that anyone would even give him a wet, sloppy kiss in that hat. Yeah. But so you know, whatever we, whatever. It's so funny. <laughs> anyway, they use the word "social experiment" in front of Cole Sprouse, and I think it's funny when they do that. Yeah, they for for Archie's thing. It's like, you have to fight a grizzled beast, and they also use the phrase, in the pit, which is basically, like, Archie's whole season three. Was I the only one disappointed that Archie wasn't gonna fight a literal bear again? It was, like, weird. It, it, that person was clearly, like, dressed up as, like, a Gng and g character or whatever, but it was very, like, centaur-type, like, minotaur. Not centaur. Minotaur. The Ferren's cosplay was weird. Ferren's is a centaur, and I'm talking about a minotaur. Yeah, I know, but you had said centaur, and the joke had already formed in my brain, Kay. so I had to go with it. Okay, yeah. Anyway, that was crazy, but obviously they're, like, taking his, like, season three stuff, and Veronica's had, like, the spin the bottle thing, which called back to season one. Mm-hmm. To the Jughead's, freaking pilot! Yeah. Yeah. Jughead's called back to just like all of the season, I guess. Yeah. Fighting the Gargoyle King. And then Betty's called back to the end of season two. Yeah. Because she had to kill the Black Hood. Yeah. Black Hood always using her and stuff. I don't know. Okay. So Archie says, tell my mom and dad that I love them. Mm. I just wanted to say that like, multiple episodes after Luke's per- Luke Perry's, like, unfortunate passing, I had mentioned that, like, they're gonna do something for shock value and what I really wish is that they would just, like, not address it and leave it and talk about it in season four, yeah. you know? And I was like, but there's no way they're gonna do that because it's, like, too good. I don't want to, actually, I don't want to say it's too good of an opportunity for a storyline because, like, that's horrible, but, like, I really assumed that they were gonna do something for shock value and I yeah. And I am so incredibly pleased that they didn't, that they are yeah. literally just leaving it and dealing with it next season. Because like some shows have done things like that. Yes. Like um, Eight Simple Rules is the one that comes to mind where they just really shockingly killed off, uh, I believe it was the the dad. Yeah, they really shockingly, they killed off the dad because the actor passed away in real life and it was like this big emotional thing. But I always get a little uncomfortable when things like that happen just because it always seems very like, oh, this is coincidental, but gosh, this will get ratings yeah it Um, feels exploitive yes yeah do you remember and I can't say because I actually stopped watching right before this episode. Do you know how they killed off Finn on Glee after Cory Monteith died? I believe it was a car accident. A car accident because I remember like being like I can't watch that episode and then just like never watching the show again and that's just like how I stopped watching Glee because I was like I can't watch that episode because it's gonna be too sad. Oh I stopped watching Glee in like season two. Yeah so yeah a car accident. I think. I I mean, don't quote me on that. But I mean, obviously, these things are necessary to do when an actor passes away. It's just I think it'll always make me uncomfortable, even if there's no reason for it to make me uncomfortable. I really like the way they did Paul Walker's passing in um, Fast and the Furious because they kind of implied like, I mean, they reshot half the movie with his brother. It says, sorry, it says Glee says goodbye to Finn without reeling revealing how he died. Oh, that's kind of cool. I like that. Interesting. Sorry, continue about Paul Walker. Oh, it's just like in, in the Fast and the Furious, when they were just, when Paul Walker passed away, they shot the stuff that hadn't been shot with his brother and then they used CGI to sort of bring him or put his face on his brother. And then they kind of just had almost like a metaphorical death. It was more like symbolic, but it's he and Vin driving down the road. So he and Dom. And then they go off on different paths uh, when they're driving. So they take two different forks in the road and the camera follows Paul Walker's car and then pans up to the sky and it sort of like mm-hmm. implies that, you know, he's, he's gone on to do something bigger and he's... and. Paul Walker had passed away and I always really liked the way they did that. That didn't feel exploitive to me. That I do believe they did something similar with Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mockingjay part two. Yeah. But of course that one was like based on like a book so they mm. couldn't just like change it or anything. No it so, could be like a big thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see how they are planning on doing that in season four. Yeah, I'll be interested to see that, too. I'm hoping that it'll... I mean, obviously, given the how they've handled this so far, I think it'll end up being quite respectful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It'll be respectful. Yeah. Archie wins, even though there's no, there's no freaking way. I mean, he's a trained fighter now, though. Yeah, but wouldn't they have chosen, like, their biggest and best guy? But just because you're big and bad doesn't mean that you have skill. I guess I assume that they would choose their biggest, baddest, and most skilled guy. Yeah. But whatever. Okay, okay. I have a theory. Okay. So Edgar is about to admit to the harvesting, to Alice, and Cheryl comes running in and ruins it. I bet Alice was wearing a wire. Oh, she would have been free! And if Cheryl hadn't come in and interrupted it, Alice wouldn't have had to like go and like ascend or whatever because he literally was like, I admit that I have not been truthful about And then Cheryl comes in and starts screaming and Alice looks like, oh Cheryl. Like if Cheryl hadn't done that, I believe that Alice would have not had to continue with the farm. Do you think we're going to have to keep putting up with this farm storyline now? I don't know. I mean, I have thoughts when we get to like the whole thing about Kevin, how he's been like left behind or whatever. It's like- and he says we'll never see them again. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So we'll definitely see them again. Um, but how? I'm not sure. Yeah. So he says that that like Jason's body was supposed to help Cheryl like fill a void or something. How? how? Well, now that you know that he's literally full of it, he was just he's he's in he's nuts. So he was like, I don't know, uh, dig him up. Is he nuts or is he like really manipulative? Is he is he really smart and he's doing stuff on purpose? Yeah, is- probably. Is I he in like cahoots him. with Penelope? And Penelope's no. like, can you do this so it looks like whatever? No, I don't think he's in cahoots with Penelope. Okay. The part in which, like, Cheryl says, like, by grave robbing, and Alice goes, wait, what? That was actual Alice. That was so good. And I could tell that, like, she was like, Edgar, blah, blah, blah. And then this moment was Alice going, wait, what? Like, I've heard something very concerning. Yeah. You imagine Alice all season would have been having to hear about like these things Betty was going through and she couldn't do, couldn't anything, do anything about it. And she she all she was doing was like making it worse. Yeah. Like the she serial was trying per- killer thing, the serial killer gene thing. Yikes. Yeah, that was a lot of the stuff that Alice did is quite irredeemable, but like obviously it's going to get hand waved away is mm-hmm. cuz she was doing it for the greater good. But yeah, that was um that was hard to handle. But now you look back and you're like, "Oh, okay. She probably had a hand in giving at least getting one of the twins out of there." Right, so. I know, and then she was like, I can smuggle another one out at some point. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Cheryl says, Kevin's dad is a lawman. He wouldn't abide his son living in the 10th circle of hell. She what? just thinks of these stuff off the ha- off, off hand. She says those so seriously. Um, yeah, where's Keller? That was the thing that I was wondering is, if he wouldn't abide Kevin living in this, you know, what 10th circle, circle of hell. Where's he been the whole time? Helping Archie. I guess. There are only nine circles, though. The 10th is the center. Oops. No, but like. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I to figure it now. It's interesting that Edgar calls Evelyn Evelyn and not Sister Evelyn. Like he calls Alice Sister Alice and Sister Cheryl and everything. I guess that's like their uh, weird thing together. And she just continues to because because he's because she's not his sister. Yeah, and, well, that and like she—they're not really part of the cult. They're just yeah. like manipulating people, right? Did Veronica ever actually play G and G? Where did en- Enchantress come from? Just because Jug called her that? Oh, it's just weird because like Archie never actually played the game, but he was like known as the Red Paladin. Jug had actually played the game and was a Hellcaster. That's why I think it's weird that Betty actually did play the game. Um, like like when she was in the Sisters and mm-hmm. she was like actually playing the and game. She doesn't have NFL. a name. But we don't know what her thing was, and everybody had, like, a little card, like, a character card, but Betty, like, fully didn't. Like, there wasn't even one that we, like, maybe didn't see, because we would have seen it if there had been Mm -hmm. one. But she's, like, the Griffin Queen, and I guess there isn't a card for that, but That would be really weird for the props department, though. Yeah. So we're only making three? Yeah, but, like, okay. But when she did play, we were never told, like, what character she chose, so- Anyway, that's weird. But where did Enchantress come from? I don't know. Jughead just made it up. Yeah. I guess. In the letter, it says rapid acting because it's totally not slow acting. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, we just had to make sure that we um, clarify that it's really rapid acting. Thanks. Um, it also uses the phrase remaining party members as if Archie had died already. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, so you really thought you were going to be successful, huh? Yeah. Veronica in the pilot spin the bottle. Cool callback. Love it. How does it stop so perfectly? Curse you, movie magic. Listen, that's the thing I was thinking about as we play, especially when it got down to just Ronnie and Betty. Yeah. And I was like, what, so if it lands like semi- in the, the middle. middle? Yeah. like, you gotta pick? Yeah. Um, And of course the bottle is a blossom maple syrup bottle that was a great detail yeah Jughead says oh of course it was a character challenge just like a, it's kind of like a character witness mm-hmm. um like in the law no I think it, it was judging her character like yeah 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 like a character witness yeah I really liked that because every challenge was suited to what Penelope believed were their weaknesses or the things she could manipulate the most mm-hmm. and she misjudged all these kids yeah Like, Archie'd been training and fighting, Jughead's Jughead. (laughs) Ronnie's a really good person. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, the whole thing about Veronica is that she's supposed to be, like, the worst. But she's fully not. But she's not. No. Um, you want to know how I know what a character witness is? I'm afraid to find out, but I'm guessing it's Lost. It was on Lost! Yeah, there we go! In season four. I'm proud of you. So, like, a regular witness is somebody who's like, yes, I was there and this is what I can tell you about it. But a character witness comes in and they're just like, yeah, I can testify that this person is a pretty good person. Mm-hmm. Proud of you. There you go. So it's like a character challenge. I love that that's how you learn what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And then she says that it's slow acting. Um, The poison, Penelope says. Was there ever really poison in that? Who knows? But it get it gets Veronica first. Like, she's like, whoa, she's all woozy or something. And it could just be a placebo. Like, who I knows? I honestly thought it was psychological because yeah. then Ronnie was fine and running. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what? If if you have adrenaline pumping, doesn't that make it um, absorb faster? Yeah. So who knows? I truly think it was like a psychological test. Mm. But if it was real, it gets Veronica first because she drank more of it. Yeah. Okay. Twice the dose. Yeah. All right. Next quarter, Varchi gets back together, and uh, yeah. where's Reggie? uh alice comes to cheryl with juniper and helps her run away she has to help betty to save and save juniper cheryl promises nana rose wakes tony and tells her about penelope's plan tony's priority is with cheryl first the third test the hellcaster has to fight chick the gargoyle king hey this is the same test twice (laughs) (laughs) he beats chick but he's not dead veronica's not feeling so well mr stark (gasps) how dare you the core four take a leisurely stroll to find the final test and discuss what's going on tony and the serpents slash poisons are getting ready to go when cheryl comes running in Shoney reunion nana rose tells cheryl about penelope and they're all gonna go and save them in the final test betty who doesn't have a character card has to kill hal with one bullet hal tells betty that it all has to end but betty refuses to kill him by throwing away her shot and not hitting him anywhere lethal Oh my God! Penelope comes in and kills him anyway. Even though they survived the night, Penelope sticks the gargoyles on them anyway. The serpents and co. save them. Veronica and Betty take the antidote. They all take the antidote. Well, Veronica and Betty are the only people who need to. I'm an idiot. Yeah, anyway, they, no one else does. It's just them two. Okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, Varchie gets back together. Bye. I have nothing to say about this. I don't care. <laughs> I, I I I truly don't. I find them to be incredibly boring together, and I'm gonna be upset if I have to stop liking Archie because. I like Archie so much, and I like Ronnie so much, and I hate them together. And I know that's an unpopular opinion. It's not, it's not that, like, they're not good together, it's just that their stories are less interesting when they are together. And it's not, it's not that we're out here being like, Varchi is the worst ship in the whole world, people, people who ship Varchi are garbage, like, we would never say that, it's just that we've found personally that when Varchi are together, their storylines are less interesting. And literally, that's just our opinion. If they are what you live for, oh my god, get your life. Oh you my know? gosh, this is a so great moment for you. for you. Yeah, like, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy you had this shit moment. Like, I fully recognize that, like, this is a huge thing. Yeah, and if you have thoughts on Varchi getting back together- Go off. Send us an email. If it's yeah. not on this podcast at gmail.com, we want to talk about it, but we have no thoughts on this because- uh, It's just not for us. It's not it's, it's not RT. Yeah. Cheryl says that Alice is more um, brainwashed than Patty Hurst, who basically is the poster child for Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. So there you go. What doesn't Cheryl know? Right? Yeah. Alice says that Edgar reopened the exit, like the one that goes into Fox Forest that was bricked up. That's so convenient. Why was- did he do that? Um, so that Cheryl could escape because uh, they, here was the thing. The writers were like, listen, either people are going to be like, when did they reopen the exit? Or they're going to be like, why would Edgar do that? And they chose to do Edgar because they probably get less questions about it. I wonder if, if I could make this make sense, which, uh, and this I don't think was the writer's intent at all. Like I'm literally just making this up. But I wonder if Edgar was like, everyone thinks that this is all boarded up and bricked and super bricked so like nobody can get through. Mm -hmm. But if people eventually start turning on me and I get caught in the basement and I'm the only person who knows that this exit is available. That makes sense. Then great. Then I can get away. Okay. And he told Alice because she's, like, his ally or something. I love that. I made that up. No, I like that. I think it's either that or what I just came up with was, like, organ deliveries, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Something that we'll never get an explanation for. Mm -hmm. Um, Jughead's letter says, Battle of Kings. Is this a thing because he's the king of serpents or is it a joke about his hat? Oh my god, I hope it's a joke about his hat. Me too. Yeah. Okay, great. We laughed out loud. This moment was so fantastic when- (laughs) Jughead was like- I know what you're saying. Why are you gonna- Why do you want to be the Gargoyle King? And Chick said, Who doesn't want to be king? Who doesn't want blood sacrifices made in their name? And Jughead just goes, Wow. Okay. <laughs> Cole just like sold that line so fantastically that we went back and watched it again. Who wrote this episode? Roberto? Yeah, I'm guessing. Let me look. Yes, um, Roberto and Michael Grassi. That line is fantastic. It's good. I-, I I'm always, like, how much of when the writers, like, write something is, like, them when they're writing, and how much of it was, like, the writer's room. Like, what if they're, oh, yeah. like, in the writer's room, what if there was somebody who was, like, wh- what if Jughead asks who the- why he wants to be the Gargoyle King? And everyone's, like, well, what if, you know, Chick's a weirdo, what if he was, like, who doesn't want to be king? Who doesn't want blood sacrifices made in their name, right? Because he's so weird. Like, what would Jughead say back to that? And I just imagine, like, the intern in the corner being, like, wow, if I heard that, i just go wow okay and they're like genius like, yes <laughs> wow, How? what would a teenager say to yeah. this w- well and, and he it says every single thing that he needs to say in that moment which is like okay so you're that guy so you're unstable Alrighty. and this is how this is gonna go yeah all right yep. wow okay yep It was fantastic. One of the top moments of the episode, in my opinion. Jughead calls it Oedipus Riverdale, which is just great. That's hilarious. The Gargoyle King was a network, which is what we wanted the Black Hood to be. Listen, I know that they stole my idea. Mm -hmm. I know it. Oh, for sure. It was you. It was me. Yeah. How do you feel about Tony calling Cheryl baby? Ah, it's so soft and cute. I love that they have little pet names. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I, I really like that moment as well. It was very genuine. Yeah, they, like, Madeline and Vanessa sell that relationship as being completely organic. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you just assume that they've been a couple for ages. Yeah. Um, it seems like Nana Rose knew this plan the whole time. Um, hey, Nana Rose, why didn't you, uh, say anything? Yeah, um. Boy! That was a problem. Hmm. Like, she has access to a phone. And Cheryl's been around for a while. Yeah, like, you could have warned her that her mom was a murderer, just like her father. Nana Rose is supposed to be, like, Cheryl's legal guardian. Yeah. So, like... No, Cheryl was emancipated. Well, she lives with Nana Rose. Yeah, she t- she just took Nana Rose. Oh, okay. If anything, she's Nana Rose's guardian. I guess that's true. I mean, I think we said last episode, like, how is Nana Rose hanging... Like... Taking care of herself. Still don't know. Yeah, we're still a little fuzzy on that okay. one. Um, I liked there was one bullet. Would you like to hear a Lost quote? Always. It's from episode 103 of Lost. And Sawyer says, hell, there's only one bullet left. Be damn near poetic. Hmm. Which um, reminded me of this scene because, yep. Damn near poetic. hmm Yep. Why does Hal want Betty to kill him? He was just trying to kill her. Because he wants her to become what he is. He wants her to carry on his legacy. So does he really want to die? Does he really want to be murdered right now? I think he would sacrifice himself if he died knowing that Betty would take up his cause for him. You know what? The fact that I can't get into the mind of a serial killer doesn't bother me that much. Okay, so are you Loki saying, hey, uh, why can you get into the mind of a serial killer? No. Okay. I'm just saying that, like, that makes no sense to me, and I should probably find solace in that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solace? Yes. Okay. I just was like, if you were a serial killer and you had a progeny, this is what you would want. Prodigy? No, progeny. what that mean? It's the the, if they're the mentor, they have a progeny, like- a follower. A Padawan. A descendant or the descendants of a person or offspring. Yeah, I know how words work. Okay. So it looks like she just shot his other hand. I guess. I guess. Um, she says we w- that she will never be like him, which is, like, bringing back in, like, the whole serial killer gene thing and Alice's testimony and everything. How much did you love that Betty did throw away her shot, though? I loved that. I mean, she did actually, like, shoot him, but she didn't, like, she didn't shoot to kill, kill. Him, yeah. So one of the most shocking parts of this episode, mm-hmm. Penelope just comes up and kills Hal. Yeah, that was like I thought she loved him. I I think that she is so. I think she's probably a sociopath. It might mu- probably oh. it's not as much that she loved him as she was obsessed with him. Right. You know. Okay. I think there's a difference there. Man. Ugh. She was like coming in and like. Hanging out with him in prison and everything, like... Like, they had, like, a... They had a connection. I think it was kind of... It was a... I'm of two minds. I think it could... I I literally can't make up my mind. I can't decide if it was a good ending for Hal, because he was just point-blank shot, like, no big sort of moment for him, and wishing that he hadn't died just because Hal was an intriguing character. He was. Yeah. Also don't know how to feel about how what like what Penelope said to him she said like you're a garbage serial killer you are now and you were then and it's like that's a really is it a sucky thing to hear before I mean if you're proud and you want to be a serial killer then that's a really sad thing to hear when you're about to die but no one likes bad feedback (laughs) yeah but, but we've been new, like, and I wonder if that was the writers kind of, like, coming in and being like, we know he was a bad serial killer, y'all have told us, like, yeah. his ratio's not great. Yeah, I think it was probably, like, Penelope taking the throne from him. Yeah. And, like, you were garbage, you were means to an end, and now it's my time to shine. Yeah. Um, so they take the antidote. Um, I have to say that I don't like that Cheryl commands the poisons mm-hmm. when this whole thing, when there's like, this whole thing about Tony mm-hmm. and how the poisons were Tony. Like, I understand it's supposed to show that Cheryl is, like, back to normal and everything, but then she, like, isn't because of the whole Jason thing or something, but, like, they had- Shoni had this whole fight about how Cheryl gifted this gang to Tony, and then Tony wasn't really being listened to, and Cheryl was kind of taking over it, even though she gifted it to Tony. Mm -hmm. So the fact that Cheryl's like, poisons go, and blah, 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 it's, like, a really triumphant moment for Cheryl, but it's, like- she and Tony should have done it together after this whole thing about it being just Tony's I don't know how I felt about that yeah um I'm a little worried about Cheryl to be honest they always take her character on a journey that is just inexplicable like we will never figure out what they're doing with Cheryl yeah but having that whole Jason thing came in I was like um okay Mm -hmm. um Cheryl mentions Jonestown would you tell me about that so, Jonestown was this place that was set up to house a cult. They were originally based in, I think it was Indiana, and then they moved to California. It was run by Jim Jones, who was one of the most charismatic, like, I don't know. Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones. Um, one of the most charismatic, what I, I personally believe to be serial killers mm. um, in the world. Like, he had the ear of politicians. Like, he, he was pretty influential. And he convinced everyone in their car- in their Caribbean location to commit mass suicide. They, they did try to reclassify it as a mass murder because of the influence that he had over people. Um, and like even children died and it was over 900 people. So yeah, that's what Johnson is basically a deadly cult. So, by using the name of Jonestown this episode, is that what they're trying to imply happened, like, when you ascend? 100%. Yeah, okay, Because that's what people believed they were doing in his cult was they die and they ascend. Right. Yeah. So, obviously, the words ascend mean different things for G&G and for the farm, but we still don't really know what it means for the farm. We know what they're implying it means, but Mm -hmm. we don't know what it actually means. I just don't want to do another season of the friggin farm. Yeah. I hate this storyline. Yeah. I still, I like, I like that Alice has been redeemed a little bit, but I'm, I hate this storyline. Mm. It's probably my least favorite storyline the show has ever done. And that includes when Archie was trying to get into music. Uh, I can't get behind that, but I respect you. Okay. Cool. Hey, before we finish like the whole thing about like what's happening next season and everything, can you tell me what Patreon is? Patreon is a service that you can donate to monthly at a link that is called patreon.com slash The Fiction Wow. Yeah, I know. Um, basically, you can donate monthly to your favorite creators, and we personally, our donations start at a dollar a month, and we use the money for hosting fees because we have five podcasts, so we have to host those podcasts and the website. Yeah. So basically, a dollar a month gets you early access to the podcasts, and it gets you um, high fives from us. Yeah. I know that what you're probably thinking is, well, um... Rob- Robin, Brittany, um, the season is over, so what do I need to have early access for? Well, I have great news. We have, like we said, four other podcasts, so and it's R- at least one day early every time. And Riverdale uh, always has like a short hiatus because it's 20-episode season, so it's yeah. like a summer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you can't donate for any reason, it's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend. Yeah, if you're into that. Yeah, if your friend is like, oh, I just got into Riverdale, you're like, great, I have a podcast for you. You got three seasons of content. You're welcome. You're welcome. They all run to the farm and find Kevin. He says he was left behind and everyone ascended without him. Cheryl now appreciates having Jason's body around. Hermione gets arrested and Hiram is behind it. Archie wants to partner with Mad Dog to make the gym a house for troubled youth. Agent Smith from the FBI comes to visit Betty and Jughead. He reveals that Alice had been working with them the entire time and also that he is Charles, (laughs) half-brother to both of them. They go to, Pops to, okay, they go to Pops to tell Vargi, and they promise to have a normal senior year. We then get a weird flash forward to spring break where they're all around a fire having to burn their clothes without Jughead to not get caught. Okay, whatever. Just let me enjoy my episode show. Oh my god. <laughs> so much. This last like five minutes is when we've been part of the whole Oh my episode. gosh. So good. Yo, Charles. Like you look at Charles and you're like, of course that's the child of FP and Alice. Please, please vouch for me that I literally- As soon as he opened the door. You were like, that's Charles. I knew it. Yep. And I was like, no, he's not. And you were like, that's Charles. I knew it. He was like, it's Agent Smith. You were like, that's Charles. I was like, what? Smith. Yeah. It's Agent. It's him. And then I was like, are they really going to try and not tell me that this is, are they going to try and tell me that this is not Charles? And then, and then Betty goes, this is going to sound weird, but do I know you? And I was like, I am a genius (laughs) genius <laughs> like yeah Betty you do at some point I guess you guys like were in the same womb but not at the same time yeah I have a question for you logistically okay how are Charles and Chick the same friggin' age what Charles looks like a 30 year old man well that's one of my questions is and we'll get to it in a in a quick sec but how much of Chick's story was true probably none at this point so let's talk about that in a quick sec because I have a lot of thoughts. Okay. Why was Kevin left behind? He says it's like so that he can tell somebody what happened, but why Kevin? Because his dad's a lawman. Because his dad's a lawman, right? He, You know, everybody else, it seems like if Edgar thinks that Betty is dead, nobody else there that we know of has somebody who's going to come looking for them. Yo, and at the same time, I bet you Alice had something in that choice. Yeah. She was like, we need to save Kevin. He was like, we need someone to stay behind. And she was like, I have to save. Yeah. Like this kid. So everybody else... Nobody else had somebody outside of the farm who was going to come looking for them. But what I say to that is, Edgar, you have <laughs> sorely <laughs> misjudged Sweet, Sweet Pea. <laughs> you have forgotten about Sweet Pea. He will come for Fangs in season four. He was busy for a couple episodes. But he's going to come back and he's going to get Fangs out of there because they are best friends slash boyfriends. I love that. I love that for you. No, you're right, It's going to happen. You're right. It's gonna happen. Um, if everyone left their clothes, did everyone ascend naked? Yeah, I also had questions about that. Or in the undies? I guess. Okay. Edgar's like, we're ascending, and then everyone just piles in a van, and they're like, oh. Is it supposed to look like they literally ascended to the point where it's like, poof, and then all their clothes fell to the ground? Polly, I think so. That's what it looked like. Yeah. It really did. Um, he says that they'll never see them again, so the people who we are thinking of right now are Edgar, Evelyn, Alice, Polly, and Fangs. Okay, so I care about two of those people. Fangs and Alice. Thank you for caring about Fangs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Alice successfully got both babies out of there. Right. You know what the thing is, though? (laughs) Alice joined this farm to be a spy. Mm -hmm. Polly joined this farm just to suck. I wonder if Alice had gotten that confession out of Edgar. First of all, Polly wouldn't be in the farm anymore because they would come and arrest Edgar. Mm -hmm. But, like... If she had gotten that, like, would she have just been like, cool, I'm free. Peace, Polly. You know? No, she probably would have put Polly through, like, extensive therapy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, Dr. Patel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who, wait, Who he's not a surgeon. A, he's not a psychologist. <laughs> I know. That, that was the joke. Yeah, okay. So that's Betty's literal entire family. Yeah. At first I was like, that's her whole family. Hal is dead. Alice and Polly are now dead. Like, who's she gonna stay with? Cheryl? And then I remembered, wait, she has another family member. Charles! His name's Charles, and he's here now. Also, she's clearly gonna be staying, I guess, continue staying with Ronnie. With Veronica. Because Ronnie's on her own now. Yeah, Veronica also doesn't have a family. Oh my god, the B&V pad? I love it. I love it. Pops got graffitied again. He's like, last season there was a riot and I got graffitied, and now I'm getting graffitied again. Did they just need something to clean up in the finale so they decided that Pops got graffitied? I guess. I was like, um, sad. So, the Black Hood... I wrote, um, like, TGK is the Gargoyle King, mm-hmm. T-R-D for the Red Dahlia, and I thought it was funny that we never realized that the Black Hood is T-B-H <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it and I was like, mm. so, T-B-H? so TBH, the Black Hood is dead. The Gargoyle King, Chick, is in prison. And the Red Dahlia is Penelope and she's missing. So, okay. Just and to be where's clear. the Red Paladin? At his gym. So many, t- at his gym with his boyfriend. Yeah. Thank you. Mad dog. <laughs> Thank you. Veronica who? I mean. This is Marchie Erasure. Listen, in my dream world, Betty and Veronica are girlfriends. Yes. Shoni that's canon. That's fine. Yeah. Um. And then Mad Dog and Archie are mm-hmm. boyfriends. Yes. And Ace Jughead. A- exactly. <laughs> and SPF. And SPF happened. And, snake um, parents. Yeah. I was just going to say the only straight couple that I accept is snake parents. Yeah. 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 That's the dream. But this, this is real. What's Charles going to be up to? I am so excited. Anyway, Cheryl says, welcome home, JJ. This is Jason's dead body. Cheryl, God, no. What? They do this stuff for shock value and it just undoes so much of the progress that Cheryl makes in a season. Cheryl's like, I'm crazy. I'm at the farm. Betty, you're cuckoo pants. And then she's like, wait, Betty, you're right. Guys, we have to save Tony. We have to get out of here. And then she's like a normal person. Then she's like, Edgar, what the heck? You you grave robbed my brother? Oh, that's crazy. And now she's like, I am so happy that I have my dead brother's body. What? I don't know. What? This is always going to be Cheryl. They're always going to do something weird because they love using shock for Cheryl. Yeah. I don't like- I can't be mad at it because I can't expect more, yeah. you know? So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, I don't love the crazy lesbian trope. Mm. Um, It's been done. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing I can do about it. So I have questions about Hermione and Hiram. So Hermione gets arrested and it seems like Hiram had this set up. The guy says that they planted evidence. Um, But Hermione on the phone says, how could he have hid this from me? Hid what though? Yeah. So like, was the evidence planted and then... And then they were told- they told Hermione who thought it was real? No, I think it's something else. Okay, so Hermione knows she's being set up? No, I think there's some big mystery that we don't know about and that's setting up the next season for okay, yeah, Okay, right. She's getting arrested for conspiracy to commit murder, which, fair. Absolutely fair. Um, FP isn't in trouble at all though, which honestly, I- good. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, but um, Hermione's probably going to flip on FP at some point. Right. But we're not thinking about how she literally killed Mineta because N- Minetta was supposed to already be dead, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that there's not going to be no consequences for that, I guess. No, just for us, the audience. Where did she get his body, or where did she put his body? I don't know. I thought it was funny though that Hiram is incarcerated at his own prison. Yeah, no one thought, hey, he'll run this place. Yeah, right. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, Marchy content. He wants. They're gonna run the gym together. He wants to make the gym into a halfway house or community center. Mm. Why is Archie a good person? <laughs> I hope Eli Gory joins the cast full time next season. They are partners. They have their own secret handshake. I love this. I love that. It means that he's going to stick around. And it means that we don't actually, because uh, Archie is committed to doing like a lot of good things, it means we don't have to dislike Archie. Right. Oh, man. If you had told me in season one that I was going to actually like Archie, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have told you to just go away. Yeah. Okay. So Charles, Agent Smith, I knew 100%. As soon as he said Smith, I had it. I knew it. Yeah. Um, They said that they've been following Edgar for, like, two whole towns. Alice was helping. Um, If you recognize this guy, he was on a bunch of different things, but what I know him from is that he was recently on one episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine playing young Hitchcock. Hundred, once you said that, I was like, I could see them standing in the restaurant that they started going to, and yeah. I was like, yeah, that's him. So there were a few people who were a little confused about how Jughead knew that Charles was his half-brother, but... To clear it up, Alice told Betty because Alice told Betty like everything that happened in the midnight club. Mm-hmm. So eventually I assume that Betty told Jughead. Oh, 100%. So that We just never got to see that, which yeah. is a shame. That's how Jughead knows. So he is half a half brother to both of them. Yeah. That's funny to me. I know people hate it. I understand hating it. Um, I, don't think I it's love gonna, it. I don't think it's going to affect their their relationship no. in terms of romantic relationship. they no. just going to be like, hey, this is weird. Yeah. Um. So Alice, when she said like, oh, I was talking to him this morning. She was. She was talking to Charles. And when she said he's the most beautiful boy I've ever seen, she meant it because she knew him. Yeah. And he is really handsome. <laughs> he's so handsome. They made such a good looking kid. Mm-hmm. Aw. I want, I can't wait for him to meet his dad. You know what's going to be great? What? Watching season three back with this lens. You know what's going to be great? Seeing FP and Alice uh, actually get to have some kind of storylines together or a relationship in season four. Yeah, someone tell FP that his kid is alive. Yeah, that's going to be lit to actually get content for them. Yeah. I'm not mad at all though, by the way. Okay, so now the big question is how much of Chick's story was true? So Chick's story was, um, Charles was in the sisters. Mm -hmm. That was true. Yes. Then Chick and Charles met up, which (laughs) I also think is true. Yeah. They clearly had like some they were like friends or something yes for sure because charles was living where chick was because like that's how they they, like went to the the apartment block and stuff yeah they Mm -hmm. like went to the motel or whatever and they like they found like his actual name on this thing so that has to have been him then he said that at one point he went to the cooper's house and like knocked on the door and alice like slammed the door in his face and so he like went and like died or something i strongly believe none of that to be true that's not true Especially because if Alice didn't believe it, then she wouldn't have, like, literally, like, gone off the rails crying to FP and and telling him. Exactly. And everything. So- that's not true. Alice is like, I remember somebody coming to the door and me being mean to them. It's like, well, I'm sure that you were mean to a lot of people who came to the door, Alice, because and you was, were in season one. And it was probably just freaking chick who went to the door. Or Ben. Uh, or Ben. Or just like someone random like that. You exactly. Know? Okay, so that was his story. And then basically like he, f- they fought or something and then he killed Charles. So I think what basically happened was Charles got out of the sisters went to the place where he was living with Chick, stayed there for a while, and was like, I want something better, and then went to go work for the FBI? Yeah, he was probably recruited. What's the name of the guy who plays him again? I just looked it up. His name is Wyatt something. Wyatt. Nash. I think that Chick had no clue that Charles went to work for the FBI. Do we know how old this person is? I would like to know how old he is in relation to Hart Denton. If I can find it. Um, Oh, he was on Survivor. What? says he was a contestant on the 22nd season of Survivor. What? That's so cool. Okay. That's, I like that. Born mm, October 2nd, 1988. So oh he's, my god, he's-, he's 30. He's, yeah, he's, he's a- 30. He's a year older than I am. Because I'm old. And Hart there, Denton I is 25. So Hart Denton is 25. Wyatt Nash is 30. Okay, so I was right. They are, in terms of, like, age, pretty different. They are different. It makes more sense for FP is 50. Yeah. So we'll take that. There's just no logic to the adult ages. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, you know, if we thought Chick was 30, we'd be like, a kid just has a baby face, I guess, you know? Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. Veronica says that her legal guardian is now Smithers. That's so cute. I love that. But also, Ronnie, just get emancipated. Yeah, literally. Please. Whatever. I mean, Smithers is gonna let her do whatever she wants, I guess. That's true. Yeah, Smithers is gonna be like, what are you doing, Miss Veronica? And she's gonna be like, I'm going to solve crimes, obviously. He'll be like, dope. You're like, all right, well, wear your seatbelt. Do you, do you need a ride? Yes. I will drive you. I'm very good at that. Yeah. So then they vow to, like, have a normal year in their senior year. And I'm like, as if. So we get this weird flash forward. Okay. So let me just give you what happens in the flash forward. They are they have to burn their clothes. They're all standing in their underwear covered in blood. Burn their clothes, including Jug's beanie. Uh, and they say that, that they have to do that. And then after they're done graduating, they have to go their separate ways so that they don't get caught. I think that's so funny that they're trying to imply that Jughead, like, died. Yeah. Where's like, Jughead? Are you kidding me? They're trying to tell us. They're Like, I believe that they're trying to tell us that they all killed Jughead. Oh, fully. And I was like, okay, I believe this for, um... Zero seconds. Zero seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause Jughead only has the one beanie, right? Like, that's his beanie. Okay, well, he probably sacrificed the beanie and they're hiding him somewhere. Okay, so here's what I think is gonna happen next season. All right, okay. I think that what we've just gotten here is the season four finale. That's gonna be so long. And all we're getting. During season four is the lead up to that flash forward. You know that's true. I think it's one of two things. I think it's either you're right or that is literally the opening to season four. Right. Yeah. It's going to be one of those two. It's one or the other. It's either it's the very beginning of season four because they all thought that it was going to be like the finale. Because all of us thought it was going to be the finale or it's going to it's totally just going to be the finale and we're going to have to get the lead up to however that happened. It's a long time to wait. It sure is. I'm fine with it though. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, I'm inter- I'm excited to talk to Cammy about that scene. Yeah, that's going to be really cool and like whether Silver or not Con. they were told what the context was yeah. or if they just shot it and they were like, "Okay, sure, whatever." Yeah, they probably were. They, I doubt they were given anything. Okay. Because who knows? So now it's time for segments. My first segment is asexual Jughead question mark, question mark, question mark, and the answer was yes, always yes. I don't care. And my segment is which MILF was the most badass? Um, Alice. So glad to welcome Alice back to the badass MILF club. Woo! Did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? Not themselves, but Charles is here now, so they have to. The show sure did. They have to now. Yeah. Now it's time for our best line award. My best line award goes to Chick and Jug for... Who doesn't want blood sacrifices made in their name? Wow. Okay. And mine goes to Nana Rose and Tony for... The hunt is afoot. What? <laughs> like, what? Uh, uh, uh. And here's where we would do our trailer reaction, but you guys will have to just stay tuned on this feed because we will be doing our season four trailer whenever that comes out. That's going to be crazy. It's very exciting. I'm already but excited. until then, uh, Chaos will be on this feed. And if you're missing us during this hiatus other than Chaos... We also do Lost. I mean, we'll talk about it in our... We'll talk about it in the outro really quick. (laughs) So I guess we're not doing a trailer reaction right now. Yeah. We don't have anything to react to. We sure don't. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Please, if you are so inclined, write us a review on iTunes. We like those. Hey, we we helped you out here and we gave you content all season long. That's 22 episodes. We deserve a review on iTunes. Yeah. And I think bullying the audience is the way to get it. Yeah. And we also have a survey. (laughs) Stop bullying the listeners. It's in the description and it's just perpetually open. We would love to hear um, any of your feedback. Thank you. If you're a fan of Chaos, we like to talk about that show too on this feed. I think at some point we're going to see how we feel about Katie Keene. Mm-hmm. We might do Katie Keen. Yeah, but just probably just the way we do Chaos, which yeah. is just like a in couple chunks. of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because Riverdale is our main focus. If you're a fan of The 100, we'd like to talk about that show too. Um, Season 6 is just starting up here. When this comes out, three episodes of Season 6 will be out. So there are ten more episodes for you to join us for. Which you should. So far, I mean, fingers crossed. So far it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we said that about last season. I didn't mind last season. I didn't mind parts of last season. Cool. If you're a fan of Lost, we obviously like to talk about that show too. So come join us. We're doing season two right now. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. Um, we are just finishing season one here, just in time for season three. Hell yeah! So that is exciting. I am and so I'm deeply, I'm deeply excited. For I'm that. ready. I'm ready. Come to Sweet River Con. Mm-hmm. You should look it up. Google it. Buy your tickets. Come see us. Talk to the Riverdale cast. Um, come tell us all the things we got wrong in this podcast. Love to hear from you. Also, like, legitimately come tell us your theories. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Follow at The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, mostly Twitter, but I do really work hard on our Tumblr. I post every single one of our favorite line awards as a gift, and it takes some time, so please support me. i was like in this podcast just please support me please our patreon is patreon.com slash the if you have a spare dollar we would really appreciate it because this is expensive this is an expensive hobby we have it is uh and like we said before if you can't donate for any reason that's totally okay the next best thing you can do is recommend this to a friend yeep, yeep. thank you uh, you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey, that's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y, pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. The next episode is... There isn't one! The season is over! Um, so stay tuned for chaos on this feed. Cool. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!